Former Cowboys offensive coordinator Kellen Moore got swooped up just like that yesterday. Almost 24 hours ago, the Los Angeles Chargers hired him to try to take Justin Herbert to the next level and maybe save the job of Brandon Staley. So Kellen Moore goes from Dak Prescott to Justin Herbert. Dak led the league in interception rate this year, 3.8%. Herbert had the seventh lowest interception rate at 1.4. Brandon Staley said, now he's a defensive guy. He was going to look for leadership in a system that resembled Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan. He said the offenses, I think, are the most challenging to defend, the ones that put a lot of pressure on you every snap in terms of marrying the run game to the pass, putting a lot of pressure on you with personnel. See if you all think this sounds like Kellen Moore, okay? Personnel groupings. Pace, motion, being able to get to the explosions consistently. The Chargers offense ranked 10th last season. They averaged 22 points a game, but running the football was a problem. They averaged 90 yards a game. That ranked 30th. Kellen had his offense in the top four in points per game, 27 yards per game, and third down conversion percentage. So Kellen Moore, RJ, gets picked up. Very fast. Yeah, he does. I mean, he is, he got picked up as, as fast as you could hope for to be uh, as, a, as a coach who was removed or mutually parted ways, whatever you want to say. He got picked up real quick. And he went to a pretty good situation. I mean, I think, like, if you were going to look at all the situations you could have gone to, he could have gone to Carolina, he could have gone to Houston, he could have gone to Tampa, he could have gone to Arizona or Denver. You know, this is the, this is the one to go to. This has got a legitimate – about to be or already in their prime quarterback, young, uh, an off, a, a coach, a head coach who would love to give you four downs on every possession, so you know you're going to have a lot of a lot of uh, you know leeway to work with to, uh, to for, uh, formulate your game plan. Man, I think this is a great situation for Kellen to be in, and it really puts us in a tough spot. Like it, it's it's more likely than not that we look up here and and their offense is humming because he's got a good quarterback. And he's got good weapons. They got good weapons too, um, and and you know now they had to play Patrick Mahomes twice a year. So there's there's at least one loss every single season, but the win loss number is not going to be what we look at when it comes to Kellen Moore. It's going to be the points scored, the points per game, and all that stuff. How the offense looks. Yeah, I think that the the checklist he just gave uh, Brandon Staley for what they were looking for. All right, you know, stressing with personnel groupings. Yeah, all right, he can do that. Uh, you know, playing with pace, absolutely. Like when Kellen, Kellen does a really good job of prepping the offense to get in their fastball offense and go up tempo. He's really good at that. Hitting the big plays consistently, I don't know. Like I feel like that was one of the issues that even as efficient as Dallas was a lot of this year, I felt like much of the year we were sitting there going like the big, like like chunk yardage plays are are too far, you know, you know, they're, they're too few and far between. I mean, the, the biggest one I can think of this year, just off the top of my head, and I'm sure there are others, but, like, the biggest, like, chunk play I can remember this year, okay, you've got, you know, the T.Y. Hilton catch against Philly. Uh, you had the the catch and run from Pollard in Minnesota. Um, but there's not a lot of – I don't feel like there's a lot of, like, really aggressive down-the-field shots that they were taking advantage of. Uh, so now, Kellen Moore, uh, this is setting up. For us to kind of look bad if McCarthy is not as good as Kellen, if the Cowboys offense doesn't score 27 a game, and if the Chargers really do improve, Todd Archer. 
Cowboys insider was on with the G-Bag Nation, and they asked him, you hearing about anyone that could become the next offensive coordinator in Dallas? Yeah, the obvious ones, right? Brian Schottenheimer, he's in the building. Uh, ben McAdoo was in the building last year. Long history with McCarthy up in Green Bay. The, the guy that I'm intrigued about for a couple of div- different reasons, and one is tie- his ties to Dak. Two, you'd be weakening a division rivals. Brian yeah. Johnson, the, yeah. the Eagles quarterback Love coach. That. He's been up for a couple coordinator gigs, um, and, and Dak has spoken highly of him when he, when we've talked about him to him to him about Johnson in the past. He worked with him at at Mississippi State. Uh, we've seen what Jalen Hurts has done uh, in his two years as the Eagles starter with him as the quarterbacks coach. So I think that's a guy that you at least investigate to find out what w- what it's all about. Um, th- those would be the the names I would think. You know, I don't see a Cliff Kingsbury. That would be a Jerry special to get the guy who's making eight million dollars as yep. a head coach, and you pay him one hundred and fifty grand as the offensive staff, the Belichick deal, and how he did with Patricia and Joe Judge to a degree up there. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. And and all these coaches also have to weigh how long of a future does Mike McCarthy has with have with the Cowboys coaches to make this a palatable place to come to. If you think he's on a one year deal. You might be better yeah. off staying where you are if you have a job, um, or, yeah. or you know you're you're taking a bit of a gambit to say, okay, I believe in Coach McCarthy and what the Cowboys here, and, and this is going to be something that lasts beyond one or two years. Great point. We have not brought up on maybe a one and done situation, and and that's the tough thing. Uh, if if you're a uh, an offensive coordinator that is qualified to take over uh, a, a team, let's just not say qualified, but that, that people would, would really want to get to take a team from a division round team to a Super Bowl team, which means that you're thought of very, very highly. Are you going to take a job knowing that the head coach doesn't really have more than a year left or thinking, assuming the head coach doesn't have more than a year left? I totally, that's a great point. I totally agree. I think it's going to be very difficult to get somebody to leave uh, the, you know, a current job they have or maybe if they're a free agent, not take a better job or a different job with more long-term security, even though long-term security is not really a thing in the coordinator market. You know, you're not signing 10-year deals to be a coordinator. But do you really want to go down the road of, of, of being with a one-and-donner? Yeah, and I mean, it's. I think the the type of people this job would attract are like the guy he mentioned there, Brian Johnson, where it's like, okay, I've get a, I get a chance to work with Dak again. Um, but I think also anybody that you're attracting here, it'll be an interesting question. Are you coming here for Dan Quinn as much as you are Mike McCarthy? Yes. Like when you're evaluating if you want to be an assistant here, do you go, am I okay working for both of these guys? Because there's a chance in a year this might be my boss. Yeah. And so this feels like a Jerry bridge where Jerry goes, hey, you know, like like he made McCarthy maybe take on Kellen. He tells whoever comes in, you have job security here because Dan Quinn is the backup plan. Yeah, and I, I mean, you know, it's uh, it, it's you look at a guy like you remember. I think one of the only assistants they added was Kitna in 2019, when everybody felt like Garrett was a lame duck. So you had to like basically take somebody who did a great job, well-respected individual, but you had to basically pluck somebody from high school to the NFL to get somebody that fit that quarterback coach role that was willing to say, okay, I'll come here and then have an uncertain future after a year. One of the other interesting things I thought Archer said yesterday. Did you guys hear how much he said Joe Philbin made? He was getting paid $2 million a year. What? He was getting paid $2 million a year as the offensive line coach. We, we had talked about that. We had talked with the Cowboys 
you know, offensive, you know, not offensive, but assistant coaches. For one, they had 27 of them, but the other, they had coaches that were making double or more than double than their contemporaries around the league. Uh, and well, that, that means was... that dispels the Jerry is cheap notion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he said it was funny. Archer said Skip Pete was one of the highest paid running backs coaches too, and he said he was making around five hundred thousand. And you know so how much Philbin, Dan Quinn is making? It's probably close to yeah. It's probably close to McCarthy. Five. Yeah. Choppy. Ha, okay. Five. L- going into uh, last year, McCarthy was making. We looked. At, he was making four last year. Not not twenty twenty two, but twenty twenty one. <laughs> Like I which think is less, I think someone told me Mike is now making six and Dan was sitting there at five. That's insane. That's how you it, that's how you keep him. That's how you get it, him to stay. It is how you keep. He's making five million dollars <laughs> and he has no expectations. He does. He's not. He doesn't. He doesn't get judged by wins and losses. That's not. That's not on him. He doesn't get. He doesn't get paid to to win games. He gets paid to have a good defense. I want to know how much how. How much is Dan Quinn making opposed to other head coaches in the NFL? How many how many other coaches is Dan Quinn making more than when they come to guys actually as the head of their football team? Speaking of head coaches, it sounds like D'Amico Ryans and the Texans is about to happen. Josina Anderson saying that was kind of being pushed through at the final stages. So the Denver Broncos are still searching. And Brock Purdy with a torn UCL Recovery six months. Take that, Reggie Bush, you dummy. Sitting there tweeting nonstop. Man up. Start throwing left-handed. You know, toughen up. Get out there and play. Torn UCL for for Brock Purdy. Yeah, and, and maybe, maybe Reggie can donate his uh, you know, the, the ligament that they're going to use for full reconstruction <laughs> uh, on, on Brock Purdy. Yeah, so we're seeing two things in terms of timelines. One is a six-month, and one is the full nine to 12 months and the six month one is not the full reconstruction that's a they say it's a complete tear but the but the six month one is where they just repair it sew it back together and everything the full reconstruction is where they take the ligament from another part of your body and completely form it on there that takes like nine to 12 months that would be that would mean he is basically done for the entire 2023 season if it's nine to 12 months wow. the six month one he'll be back by training camp so purdy torn ucl garoppolo broken foot Trey Lance fractured his fibula and had ligament damage that required two surgeries on the ankle. And then Josh Johnson can't play quarterback. (laughs) So it's like, I I mean, yeah, Josh Johnson is the most limited of all four of them. Uh, You know, (laughs) but I mean, it, it, that, that's just, that just sounds painful because that, that's that nerve. Like, right. That's that one that you can like hit and like sends a shock down your arm. And I think, Gosh, it's a, like honestly, it seems like a miracle that he was even able to throw five-yard passes. Guess who's back? 54 win number 27 of the year. Gets 25 losses. Still work to do. A 51.9 and counting for Luka. 51 for Doncic at the AAC as they beat the Pistons 111-105. Luka now has five 50-point games in his young Mavericks career. Dirk had two. Can you name the other two players who dropped 50 for this organization? Oh. Uh, <clears throat> Mark Aguirre? No. Okay. Let's go with Jason Terry. No. They're oh, decent really? names. Um, they're not they're not very obscure names. So it's not like a 50. trick question. So Mike did Michael Finley ever do it? No. Uh 
Let's uh, Steve Nash. Oh, oh. No. I think Josh Howard capped at 47. Not Josh Howard. Hmm. My word. Uh, Jamal Mashburn. Yes, there's one. Jim Jackson. And there's two. Oh, man. So there I, you go. I was going to go with Rafe LaFrance as my next guest. Rafe LaFrance. <laughs> so the Mavs' second highest scorer last night had 12 damn points. That's not good. And Dimwitty had two heading into the fourth. He had, he, had, he had 10 points in the fourth quarter. He was their second highest leading scorer. 53-12, and then you had Reggie Bullock at 9. Headlines here on Sean, RJ, and Bobby. Choppy and Belt are doing the show from their homes. I'm looking out here. It does not look to be too much traffic on 75. And let us know the areas to look out for and what your status is this morning as you are toloing with us and to hook you up for listening Despite the weather conditions and maybe not being out on the road, listening on the Odyssey app, a Brooks and Dunn ticket giveaway. And let's go downstairs for a special guest. What areas are the worst? What are things looking like out there in the dark? And what are we looking at over the next two days? Dan Brunoff pops in from our sister station, News Radio 1080 KRLD, right after this. All right, we are getting set to check in with Dan Brunoff. Our weather expert here in the building, downstairs at News Radio 1080 KRLD, as things are getting shut down throughout the Metroplex. Sean Sharif in studio. Uh, Peyton Russell staying at a hotel last night. Rai Rai made it in to run the fan cam, Twitch, and YouTube. Uh, RJ Choppy out in Roanoke, and Bobby Belt home in Flower Mound. Bobby, have you gotten uh, any any movement there in the uh, in the in the Belt household with the kids waking up for her seventh birthday this morning? Uh, no movement yet. I mean, they're with the youngest is awake. I went back there and said happy birthday to her already. She's laying back there with mom, um, but uh, everybody else is asleep at this point, so she can't really get her birthday started yet. And so, uh, I, I'm sure we will hear probably around eight, the end of the expressway, something like that. So, is the plan for everyone just to? All four of you just home or five all day long in the apartment together? Uh, yeah, all six, actually. Her mom's here, too. And <laughs> oh, so lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So her, her mom's here, and uh, we, we've we got to uh, – she's got to get to the airport Thursday. So there was a concern that, like, oh, are we going to have ice all the way leading up till Thursday, and I'm not going to be here. So she was, uh, she was crashing here. Uh, last night and so yeah we got a uh, grandma here and then the five of us and yeah we'll just we'll hunker down i'll watch film i'll nap you know it'll be great film of what uh draft film i gotta get caught up man Rodis uh. is way too far ahead of me and how many prospects have you watched so far when's your second draft show oh, it's allegedly wednesday i don't know how much that's gonna happen unless we're doing it from here but uh I, i'm 20 players in compared to brian's like 105 Ooh. So I got to get caught up. Every year I feel like Broadus is going to quit it. He's going to be like, this just isn't worth my time. But he can't let it go. It's no. a drug. No. It's a drug. Let's bring in Dan Brunoff. Uh, weather is his drug. And he's joining us now on the Diamond Factory hotline. Uh, hunker down in the Brunoff residence. Uh, trying to keep all of us up to date with what's going on out there. From News Radio 1080 KRLD. Good morning, Dan. Thanks for joining us. What's the latest out there that our uh, Tolo listeners need to know about? Well, uh, best thing to do is just stay at home until, uh, goodness, late Thursday morning. Uh, if, if you have errands to run across uh, North Texas, get them done here in the next hour or two. We have a lot of sleet 
and that is uh, rain that freezes before it reaches the ground, little balls that bounce everywhere, and that sleet is now working its way into North Texas at the present time, and it extends all the way down to almost the Texas-Mexico border, down through the hill country and around Del Rio. That's about 400 miles to our southwest, and it's all cruising our direction. Wow. What areas are the worst right now, Dan, with, with the 1080 team out and about? What areas are the worst? Well, the worst uh, fell yesterday during the day. Uh, two county rows that butt up against the uh, Red River along the Texas-Oklahoma border. So that would be the eight Highway 82 corridor from Sherman over towards Henrietta, which is southeast of Wichita Falls, about 15 miles. And also the second county road that runs uh, pretty much, I will say, from Farmersville, McKinney, and especially into Denton. That's where the worst, some of the worst fell an inch of sleet yesterday. And due to the warmer roads and the sun still penetrating through the clouds, uh, it melted a little bit but became slush. And that happened during the late afternoon. And then when the sun set, it all refroze. And I think it was 10 years ago, we had what was called a cobblestone ice event here in North Texas. And that's like driving on cobblestone. So it's worse to the north right now, but everybody gets walloped with a half inch to an inch of sleet today. Easier to drive on than freezing rain. But guess what's coming tomorrow? Freezing rain. Freezing rain. Up to a half inch of freezing rain. On top of that, that's why we have a winter storm warning in effect for all of pretty much all of most of Texas until Thursday morning. So it's just going to get worse before it gets better. And temperatures are going to stay in the mid to upper 20s today and tonight, upper 20s tomorrow. Then we'll get above freezing sometime before noon on Thursday. Uh, So anything that falls today, tomorrow uh, will stay on the ground through noon on Thursday. So this is good. it's going to get bad, really bad, and power outages are going to be a big concern starting tomorrow when the freezing rain starts. So that was a change then, right? Because it was supposed to end on Wednesday, wasn't it? Well, um, some people were saying that. Oh, shots fired! <laughs> oh, I like all it. Right. I like it. <laughs> a radar off. Yes. I've been. I've been, You know, no, there's. I don't bash people, but you know, I, I was talking about this last Thursday, and then uh, Sunday, um, I didn't think we'd get above freezing until Thursday. So winter storm warnings were issued, ending at Wednesday morning, uh, and then the National Weather Service, as new data came in, and the temperatures started cooling off more and more and more and more. They keep extending it. So either way, everybody's working hard out there. All the meteorologists. And I want to give a shout-out to all the emergency responders yeah. and all of the uh, uh, folks that are working in the hospitals uh, and uh, people that are going to be working on the power lines here Friday when the sun comes back out through the weekend. Um, please, uh, thank you so much for what you do because uh, without them, uh, we'd be in a world of hurt. Dan, are you getting a ton of reports of power outages right now, or you think the, the worst of that is to come? No, sir. Not yet. They're sporadic right now. I don't have it. I should have probably checked the number. I could Google it, but we've got a kind of a time constraint here. Uh, you know, maybe a few thousand right now, uh, but we're going to talk, you know, maybe tens of thousands if um, by Wednesday evening. It depends on how much of this falls, but some of the model data I'm looking at has anywhere between a half inch to isolated inch totals of freezing rain, okay, starting tomorrow morning and really picking up tomorrow late morning into the afternoon and evening hours. Uh, And that's when it builds up like live oak trees because they still have their leaves on them, right? And so it gives more surface area for this rain to freeze on. So the branches become heavier than the foliage that don't have their leaves. Either way, all of the trees can lose their branches and and plow into power lines. But the live oak trees, the ones that are still holding their leaves until early spring until they get new leaves, those are the ones that 
Well, tree companies are going to be chomping at the bit, and they're going to be very busy as well as all the power companies uh, Friday through the weekend. So make sure you have the necessary things at home, non-perishable food to be able to eat on in case power goes out. Uh, if you got grills, make sure you got propane, and don't bring those uh, um, generators inside your garage uh, and close your garage. A lot of people make that mistake because of the carbon monoxide poisoning. Make sure you have candles and some spare cash in case uh, the power goes down and the ATMs are out. Uh, so lots of things to think about here coming up. And I haven't seen a storm like this uh, since the late 70s around here Whoa. with a prolonged 48 more hours of winter weather to come. Wow. Dan, thank you so much. We know you're slim, man. We appreciate it. Keep up the fantastic work. Heck yeah. Thanks, guys. Since the late 70s, huh. have not seen a storm this bad around here. That's surprising. Did, we're, did we just have one? Like, I would think... Yeah, the idea that the, the what we just had with all the when, when we everyone lost power for like three days that that was worse, but you know what do I know? Oh, this is till Thursday now. Yeah, that's I mean add a day to it. I mean like we we thought it was going to be done Wednesday afternoon. It was going to be you know thirty five degrees. Bobby, look at his face smiling. Look at he can't even hide it. He's so <laughs> giddy. His four-day no. work week is finally almost trying to come to fruition. Look how giddy he is. Uh, we got we got major problems, Sean. My Keurig's broken. Okay, I, I have no oh, coffee. Oh. So, last not, time I remember you getting it delivered, you like you had to get an Uber Eats or try to get that order brought to the house. Yeah, that was now that was during COVID, right? We had I was out of co- I I was just out of coffee then. Oh. This is not. I have plenty of K cups, but my Keurig is broke. It will only fill a half a cup right now or yeah. a quarter cup. I just had to replace mine. I have the new Keurig. I have no K cups. So. Oh, I'll trade you and Peyton. Did you not make coffee? Did you no coffee today? I did not. Okay. I, uh, well, yeah, I slept. Wow. Well, because I slept in, so I didn't eat it. <laughs> <laughs> I got to sleep in because I'm that 30 miles 30 closer. <laughs> okay, what time do you usually wake up, and what time did you wake up this morning? So I usually wake up at 3, Oh. and I woke up at 3.40, you, so 40 minutes ago. You wake up at 3 every day? What time do you go to sleep? Um, I'm usually asleep by 10 because I, I can't go to sleep before 10 o'clock. You know, even I mean, I, I'll take the because I get the nap and stuff in the afternoon. So if I get four and a half, five hours of sleep, I'm fine with it. What's the nap time? Uh, usually 130. 130 well, for, to for how long? Uh, till 330. Although last oh week I made gosh. a mistake. I, I fell asleep at 130. I was so tired. I woke up at six. Yeah. Four like, and a half hours. It was deep sleep. Caught up with you. Mm. And what time did you get up, uh, RJ? Uh, I got up around a little bit later than normal time. I went outside. I looked, I took one look at it. I was like, I, I almost slipped. I was like, yep, I'm out. Uh, so uh, I didn't get And then I went back to bed. And then I went, once I, yeah, I went back to, once I knew I was like, I'm not coming in. I went right back to bed. And Bobby, you went out and, and did a drive around last night and this morning. Yep. Last night was a little better than this morning. It, uh, it had all that time to, I guess, freeze up over on, uh, over towards 35 in, in Louisville, which is the direction I was trying to head. And so a uh, little slick out there and, and had to turn around. Couldn't uh, couldn't get the little traction light to come off. It kept uh, popping up and going nuts and saying, nope, your, your tires aren't touching the ground. So, uh, yeah, it, uh, it, it ended out working out, uh, being able to stay here. And then I just want to know if you packed enough to be able to stay at the – like, are you going to be able to get home? I will – slide slip and slide home outside versus staying here 
I will, I will, I will do pirouettes on the ice outside of my Jeep. I'll be Nancy Kerrigan out there rather than being stuck in this building. I, I, I guarantee you that I'll be out of here and home. Even if I leave here at ten and get home at one, I do not care. I will not be in this building, uh, laying on these the, these infested couches. Pre or post uh, tire iron to the leg, Nancy Kerrigan. Uh, post. Yeah. I'll limp post. down. Post. I'll, wow. I'll, I'll I'll limp down thirty. Yep. I'll I'll limp down Man. thirty right there. You know, and you mentioned if you don't get home the one. I, there was one time we left the station, and it started to snow, and it took me three hours to get home. Did it? Yeah. Three hours? This was a couple years ago. I, I was still in Trophy Club, so well, I probably about 2013, well, 2014. It took us about, it took about three hours to get home. I know one thing. I better see a boss up here by 11 a.m. That I do know. 11 11. I, I bet. You're sticking around, huh? <laughs> no, I'm going to ask someone to tell me. I'm going to I'm gonna get people to report in the hallways. I bet there better be a boss up here at 11 No. after all this. I don't think so. I mean, we, what, might, we might start to get. We they might barely start to they get barely it. show up at 11 in the summer <laughs> in the building. Know, you're lucky. Like, uh, what are the chances? Will, will Spittle or Tim stay at home, either one? Hmm. Tim might because if if I if I'm not mistaken he lives up north and I think they may have gotten hammered a little bit more. Yeah, Spittle I think because he lives close to the station and he may not have gotten touched yet with the uh, with the ice. Yeah, he may show up for a half day. He, he lives he I, lives close to me, so I didn't have anything this morning. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, in order for him to keep up the peer pressure, he's got to come in. Yeah. He's, oh yeah. He's got to come in. Oh, he'll. I, I bet he comes. I, I yeah. I bet Tim stays back today, just because yeah. I think he does live further north, and that's where like that's what I was running into. Um, and so yeah, I, I bet Gavin comes in, I, I, and and I bet he comes in at like uh like nine. Like like he'll he'll be there and mm. uh, making sure that you get a chance to see him there. Right. Yeah. Make an appearance. But look, I came in today to the studio, so I don't feel any guilt if uh, I get hit with it and I have to be home tomorrow. So my guilt is my 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 guilt is gone. You texted yesterday, like really early, that Chiafalo was already having problems, Bobby. Yeah, yeah, he was saying uh, like he didn't come in yesterday. He was because uh, you remember that was what uh, wow. Choppy and I were looking at with the uh, with the the weather map yesterday during the breaks was that the one area that yesterday morning seemed to be getting hit around the Metroplex before it became widespread was kind of over like near where Choppy lives and that's near where Eric lives. And so, uh, yeah, Chiafalo, everything shut down, I guess, immediately around him. Uh, and he was saying that, yeah, everything's like closed up. I can't, I can't really get out. And so he ended out getting the, uh, the Monday from home too. And he doesn't have a Comrex. So I don't know. I don't know if we're going to see him this week. What? Wow. Yeah. I don't know. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm getting this from, let me make sure this guy's legitimate. Atolo J sent me this. Carolina Panthers verified. Okay, 60,000 followers. It's a legacy account. <laughs> Joe Person t- tweeting, Panthers running back coach Jeff Nixon has an interview set with the Cowboys for their offensive coordinator job. Nixon, who called plays in 21 after Joe Brady was fired, did a nice job with Deontay Foreman and Chuba Hubbard this season after Christian McCaffrey was traded. So this is Jeff Nixon, Panthers running back coach, getting set to interview with the Cowboys. Okay. Thank you, Tolo J. Hey. All right. Um, 
Sure. Uh, like I, I, when I think of elite offenses that I want running here, I think of the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> well, where's the connection? Where is this connection? It's got. There's got to be somewhere back here. He's worked with somebody. Oh, I think that might be it right there. I think he was on staff with Dan Quinn in Miami. I think that might be one of them. But yeah, it's a, I, I don't know don't much just, about him at don't all. Don't just gloss over that. Let's see if there is a Dan. I'm looking. Quinn. Yeah, I'm looking. Let's see if there's a Dan Quinn connection there. Oh, no, they missed each other by a couple of years. Okay. So, but this is interesting. Where that would have been I that would have been out. very important. Here's also something interesting. As I don't like you doing live research on the air, just tell me when you get it. Uh, this is okay. Todd, this is Todd Archer on G Bag. Is there a pattern? I want y'all to listen to this because someone someone made a phone call to me, and you want to talk about possible pettiness. Todd Archer, is there a pattern to which the coaches were let go with the Cowboys, and why? There may be a pattern there. I think a lot of it, honestly. And Mike mentioned it, and in part of his answer, it, he used the term economical. There's, a, there's economics behind this, too. To, to my understanding is Joe Philbin was among the highest-paid offensive line coaches in the NFL, more than $2 million a year. Skip Pete was among the highest-paid running backs coaches uh, in, in the NFL. The rough figure in that is, I, I want to say, 500000 and above uh, when, when you look at what running back coaches make. So and Jerry didn't want to have 29 coaches on the staff. Yeah. He he brought that number to us. Was it the start of training camp where he mentioned the number of coaches on the contract? Yeah, you know yeah. Th- that's not something he wanted. So I I would almost say it's more economical. And, and look, Kellen was making 2.1 million as the offensive coordinator. Well, guess what? Jerry doesn't have to pay him 2.1 now. I don't know what he's making from the Chargers, but there's some offset there that he'll be he'll be saving some coin that that he can. Um, put into some other coaches going forward. So someone called me and went through all the coaches who were let go. And this person suggested, I'm not reporting this like I did rumblings earlier last week, but someone suggested that there was some pettiness. There could be some pettiness in the way these guys left this organization. Bobby, you can write down two columns for me, maybe, and tell me what category these individuals belonged in. Were they a McCarthy guy or were they a Jerry guy? Gotcha. Okay, so Joe Feldman is going. He's a McCarthy guy. Jerry's yep. not paying that salary that Todd Archer just talked about. And someone suggested to me that maybe the reaction was, okay, all right, Jerry, you want to get rid of one of my guys? I don't need Leon Lett really that much around here. That's a Jerry guy. And then Jerry said, okay, well, Rob Davis, that guy who's your mole, that guy that nobody, again, this is just a theory that was floated to me. Rob Davis, he can go. I'm paying an empty salary, 300K for what? And then McCarthy said, oh, all right. George Edwards, fine. George Edwards can go, who was stunned to find out about his firing. Then Jerry bounces it back, ping pong, to one of McCarthy's guys. Is there someone else you could fill in the blank of? Another name that was one of McCarthy's guys uh, that maybe was let go? There was no, because a- the the other ones that got let go were Kyle Valero, Doug Nussmeyer, 
Um, obviously, Kellen. Uh, I mean, those were the, the two big ones for him were Joe Philbin and Rob Davis. But also, as I'm looking for connections here, I'm guessing, Sean, that's where we're getting the Jeff Nixon recommendation is he spent four years as the running back coach under Joe Philbin when he was head coach with the Dolphins. So I'm betting that's a Joe Philbin recommendation because I don't see another obvious connection there. But, yeah, well, Philbin and Pittsburgh. Rob Davis were – There you go. Uh, oh, yeah, and everybody, you know, everybody knows each other in Pittsburgh. There, right. And uh, we know that's a, a big one for Mike. So I don't know. Someone just floated – because Kellen was a Jerry guy. Okay, so yeah. someone just floated to me. Maybe there was a petty back and forth of, oh, all right, you want to cut down my staff? Well, I know that you like Leon Lett and Skip Pete and George Edwards and Kellen Moore, and there was this possible back and forth. I I hope this is true, <laughs> okay, because I refuse to believe that NFL teams fire coaches and go do a Rochambeau of pettiness back and forth between the coach and the owner if they're all trying for the same goal, which is winning. But if they did, this would further prove that even the NFL teams are admitting that coaches don't matter. I love the corner that this is just backed everybody into right here. I love it. I love it. I hope it's true. Bobby, here's is that a yeah, crazy is this a crazy notion? I I don't I really don't think that the 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 theory would have to say that Jerry has the power to to purge McCarthy's guys but doesn't have the power to save his own. Like, like that would be my only right. thing there is that I think that Jerry would, if Jerry wanted somebody to stay, he'd say, well, he's staying. Right. <laughs> like, and so there, there's that aspect of it. Um, but look, I, I don't think that McCarthy necessarily like willingly, I, I do agree with the idea that McCarthy didn't willingly get rid of Joe Philbin and Rob Davis. I mean, you heard him talk about Rob Davis in the press conference last week. He was. That was his brother. He, he, he sounded like somebody who lost his dog or something. Yeah. Like, like he was, he, that one bugged him. Um, and you know that I think that was I think those two were the ones that really spurred his his frustrated comments about you know disgustingly that you know it's just that the reactions to this are, are just awful. Um, but it's I mean, it's an interesting theory. At least they're, they're definitely Leon Lett has been around here for forever. He was the longest tenured guy on the coaching staff. Um, Kyle Valero had been a, a holdover from the Garrett era. Had been here since 2014. So, I mean, they definitely did get rid of some guys that had been here for a longer time. All right, 877-881-1053, truckwreck.com, text line. The boss is texting. Dang, I was going to use the weather as an excuse. I guess I'll come in now. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> currently hearing thunder in Dallas. So weird. So, that's Ooh. Gavin Spittle with the weather report as it's uh, looking nasty. It is looking nasty out there. All right, uh... Bobby, you're new to this, but RJ Choppy will sometimes give a life update on his pops. Uh, gets a ton of positive feedback, helping others who are maybe going through the same thing. So, Choppy, what's going on? Uh, what's going on with Ralph Senior? So, Ralph Senior, uh, for those that don't know, uh, is is in a home. Uh, he's got dementia. He's had it for. I guess eight years, nine years, uh, but we didn't really know he had it for at least four of those. We suspected. I mean, things were always, you know, we, we just thought he was having senior moments, so we finally, you know, got him tested, and they said, yeah, you've got dementia, uh, which is, uh, uh, it's the umbrella that Alzheimer's falls under. Um, so he's been in a home for a, a little bit over a year now, 
Uh, and he just continues to get worse. Like they always told us, the moment he goes into home, uh, he is going to deteriorate faster than anything else. Uh, basically, they, they, they drug you up. Uh, he is so sedated because he's, he's also, he's become very violent as a dementia patient. Like he will, I mean, he has, he has attacked other, you know, guests or residents, whatever you want to call it. He walks around, he's walked around naked. Uh, just, he's, he's a wild man. He's, you know, he really is. He's living his best life right now. Hmm. Um, well, he, comp- he continues to get worse. He can't really walk now. Uh, he's in a wheelchair. It's one of those wheelchairs. I always said, you know, it's getting bad when they put you in a wheelchair with a headrest. All right, because he can't, like, keep his head up, so he's kind of heads that's kind of, like, leaning back, right? Well, you know, it, it's gotten really tough on, on, on my mom and everyone, uh, and he continues to go downhill. So my mom calls me up on uh, Friday or Saturday, uh, and she was like, hey, I want to get your thoughts on this. She's like, I'm thinking about putting your dad on. We're going to put your dad on hospice. And I was like, well, what's that? And she's like, well, that's basically what they put you on when – you know, you're ready to go, I yeah. guess. Um, you know, but also even, if, and, and I was like, so wait, so I said, is he that close? Because I, I, I can't tell. She's like, no, he eats still. He's eating. As long as he's eating, then, you know, he's okay. Um, so it could be a few weeks. Could be a year. You never know. You could be people have been on hospice for several years. Yeah, I always wonder how they determine that. Like Amanda's grandfather, they, she was, uh, my mother-in-law was taking care of him at their house and then put him into a nursing home, and then she's like, all right, we're, we're th- they're putting him in hospice like it's time. And I was like, how, like how, how, I think he had stopped like eating, though. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. how is hospice different from a nursing home? I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. So he still is eating. He doesn't eat on his own. Somebody has to feed him. Oh, it's disgusting. They got to puree the food, man. You can't, I can't watch him eat. It's yeah. all over his face, all over his hands. Oh, it's just, it's so it's, – it's, it's not like – Gross. It's just like, it's so sad. sad. It's like he's been reduced mm-hmm. to this. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess my understanding is like this allows them to. So when he does have you kind of his time to go, uh, let's say he has a heart attack, they don't have to take him to the hospital. The hospice nurse can, can you know, handle medication and do everything for him. Um, so it's like it gives an extra layer of care uh, as they go through towards the end days and you know my mom seems to be at peace and if, if she is then I, that's that's fine with me i mean she's there every day she goes and visits them every day um you know i i don't i don't go every day i, I go and i probably should go more uh than i do but you know i go as much as i can uh it's not terribly far from me uh but it's you know it's gonna leave you know take some of the burden off of her uh and off the the hospital or the nursing home staff uh which obviously they, they've got a ton of patients to deal with so uh, I don't know. I don't know what this means in terms of how long he's got, but he is—he's uh, officially on hospice. Awful. Awful. Yeah. How? And is your mom like come to terms or dealt with the reality? She's ready. She's yeah. She's fine. She's at peace. I think we all are because like, you know, none of us have really had a relationship with him for four years now. Like, I haven't had a meaningful conversation with him. In a couple of years, I haven't talked to him on the phone in forever because you can't use the phone. He doesn't, he doesn't speak now at all. He mumbles. Uh, you know, he met Sarah not too long ago. I took her over there, and it was it was weird. It was like a moment of like kind of clarity that he had. Like I said, "Hey, this is my girlfriend." He he looks at her and he points to me like, "You're with this clown." Uh-huh. Like it was kind of like one of those days. Like, whoa, okay. Uh, I can't believe that, that that he actually picked up on that. But yeah, yeah, I, it's you know we we've already lost him. So yeah. I, She's really at peace. Yeah. 
Is this something that, like, for you, like, I mean, when you mentioned that, the, because I've always, we always, when we went through that kind of thing with my mom, where it was, like, one of those things where, like, at the very end, um, like, it, it was something that we kind of all saw coming, and so when it hit that point, it was more just a, a marker of, hey, this is the, here's the, here's the finish line. I mean, is that how you're kind of viewing it as just, like, hey, this is just the, the signal, and, and we've done a lot of our, our grieving already? Yeah, this is like final lap, you know. Um, that, that's what this is. Yeah, we've already we've already grieved. Um, we we've already thought about it and prepared for it. I mean, it's still gonna suck. Yeah, you know, I, I'm yeah. still gonna. I'm, I'm sure I'll still like get emotional over it when when it finally does happen. But uh, yeah, we we've we've pretty much prepared ourselves. I mean, everybody really has for for when he actually does go. Which I mean, you never know. I mean, it could be. You know, my mom said over Christmas, she goes, "I think this is our last Christmas with him." And I was like, well, I think you said that last year. Yeah, I think you said that last year too. Let's, uh, let's, you know, but you know, joking aside, she's probably right. I mean, like he, sooner or later, he's going to stop eating, and then he's going to forget how to breathe or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so it's just it, you know, it, it's the next step. This is uh nowhere, nowhere near on y'all scales. Uh, but I'm kind of uh, I have reached a point of uh desperation. I'm not in the best mood today, not because I had to come into work and risk my life driving ah. home, uh, but today is supposed to be the day that I possibly put down our dog. Uh, he lost his back leg use. He's a French bulldog. They get these issues. He's only six, but he lost his uh, back leg use around the day before Thanksgiving. I was up here with peace and went on over to uh, MedVet. He's got, uh, they get these back conditions, degenerative and, and, and stuff like that. And I've gone through like chemo treatments. I'm doing everything possible to keep him alive. I have him over in East Lake. Wonderful people over there. This guy Juan is like a drop from God and angel. He ends up being a Tolo. He's like giving me updates. He doesn't need to be uh, giving me all the updates that he does. But I'm I've basically been paying like forty dollars a day because they have to like exercise his bladder. Like he can't pee on his own. And he's got mm. no back leg use. And I don't want to keep him in a cage, right, and torture him. They tell me he's still happy. He still eats. He wants to run around and play. Um, if, I, if I was able to, and I'm trying to get him adopted or have him go into an orphanage or some place, and I haven't been able to do it. And this has been now, you know, since November, the day before Thanksgiving. And I'm like, I don't know what else to do. They're, they can't take him in his medical condition, but... It's just too hard with a two-year-old to like, and then well, when we're not home, right, taking him out every few hours to have him pee. But he's only six. He wants to eat. Um, but today, and I'm like, you know, going through all these options, my mom, my wife, I'm like, they're like, just, you know, you, you, you don't want to have him doing the bad life. But I'm like, he's not living a bad life. So I'm desperately looking for a pet orphanage or someone. Oh, Gavin, our boss's dog, uh, has the back legs, but he can he can pee on his own. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so now six years in, I'm supposed to have the meeting. I keep f- figuring out ways to delay and cancel the inevitable. I'm like, all right, so I'm going to cancel today because of the weather. I'm not going to go over there right. today. So I'm just waiting. I'm like, I'm gonna. Dad's like, talk about it on the radio. Put up a picture of him. Uh, so I'm 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 looking at crazy options like flying him to uh, a place uh, that would take him. So. If y'all looking for a French bulldog <laughs> with no back leg use, but still ton of uh, energy, 
eats, everything else normal, needs some help uh, going number one, please hit me up. Please hit me up. So there it is. You're very encouraging uh, 15 minutes here on Sean and RJ. Uh, I <laughs> I have, like, I'm trying to picture how they force him to pee. They, like, squeeze his stomach. Oh. Yeah. Just okay. like they just square or do they massage or do they just like basically Yeah, like massage like, you know, take him out. You know, look, a dog hey I mean, before they sit there and you go 8 hours without peeing anyway, right? If you're sleeping overnight, not getting mm-hmm. up to let him out until the morning, but the reason I can't mess with it at home like if he is like sitting, you know, in it, then it can cause an infection and that can get bad, so I just wanted him to be in a center where people can take him out. He can be around people. Um, they can give him his medications, medications as well. Uh, so that's what we're uh, that's what we're dealing with. But man, I cannot. I don't know how RJ has dealt with this because my wife thinks I need to go to therapy to to talk about death, even a dog. Uh, but you you dealt with this with Sarah when you all found that the dog in 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 y'all's home. Yeah, and it is just I just cannot deal with it. So. Talking about your dad, man, I just, I, I already know I'm a shutdown. My wife is opposite. I get mad at her. Like, I'm mad at her and my mother because I think they're coming across as cold where they're like, hey, it's, I know it's it's a dog, it's a pet, but it's a dog and a pet. And they're like, you're just burning money. You're literally lighting money on fire. And me and my dad are like, no, you got to do everything possible. He's a family member. Uh, so, I don't even like talking about it with with the women in my family. They're ice. They're ice cold. Ice. It, I mean, everyone. everyone they're not ice with, cold. I'm going overboard, but yeah, they're like, every, we've done this long enough. Yeah, I mean, every, every, you got to deal with death differently. Like, I, I I deal with it in terms of, like I try to joke about it or, you know, just compartmentalize like a sociopath. Uh, you know, which I which I I could do. But you see, there you go. I, I go joking again. It's like my defense mechanism when I when I think about that. And yeah, yeah we dealt with this with. You know, when Sarah's dog died in July, uh, it was it was here at my 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 house. Uh, it was just laying there on the floor, just just dead. Uh, it, it, it was crushing. Like she was laying on the floor, hugging her dog, giving it CPR. Yeah. Uh, like she did not. I mean, this dog was almost 15 years old, so she was like, you know, it's, it's been basically since she was 18 that she had this thing. Yeah. And, I can't uh, even I can't even go over there and see him, you know, because yeah. I like don't want him to get excited, think he's coming home. Then I'm like. He doesn't really, I'm trying to convince myself, he's not really missing me. As long as he has someone petting him and giving him attention, he's not mad at me or ticked off, but I'm getting ready to, I'm, I got, I'm getting ready to exercise some crazy options. Like, I'm, 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 I'm going to get a little, a little private plane to fly him to Nebraska uh, for, a, for, for a dog sanctuary to keep him alive for five more years uh, and take money out of my, uh, out of my, out of my kids' mouth. 877-881-1053, truckwreck.com, tax sign. Let's hook up the Tolos, and let's get to some conference weekend overreaction or not. Burrow Mahomes is already better than Mahomes Allen. Mahomes doing all this was more impressive than Tom at 40. Micah starting a new NFL trend. Travis Kelsey is the best tight end of all time. Nick Sirianni's elite. NFL overreactions or not to get you ready for the Super Bowl after we hook you up. That's right, Tolos. All right, 877-881-1053 right now. Caller number 10 wins a pair of tickets to see Brooks and Dunn when the legendary country duo rolls through Tarrant County to perform at Dickey's Arena in Fort Worth on May 6th. 
tickets on sale right now at LiveNation.com. That's caller number 10 at 877-881-1053.